Welcome to the Small Town View podcast, hosted by Lynette Clark and Jackie Welch, where community is strength and unity is power. We are Randolph County United. We want to welcome Chad Spins as today's guest on the podcast. Chad is the mayor of Union City, Indiana, and has a passion for servant leadership. Over the past few years, Chad and his leadership team have inspired new vision to the community and are working to revitalize downtown. One of Chad's goals is to make Union City a place you can be proud to call home. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. It's great to be here. We just, easy question, just kind of get us started. And we just want to know, what is your hometown coffee order? <laughs> Please awesome. tell me you drink coffee. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and that's of- where the podcast goes downhill. <laughs> <laughs> No, I um, it honestly my most common one is if it's not a regular coffee, it's the caramel latte. Mm, mm, that's a classic, it. always good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's not nearly as detailed as some of their offerings are. You know, they've right. got. So I, well, I've got to ask. I'm going to turn it back on you. What's your guys? Mine changes. So <laughs> seasonal. <laughs> it is very seasonal. Actually, at hometown, I usually get their lemonades. Oh yeah. I know that's not yep. coffee, but that's. Like their boba lemonade. Yeah. And then right now at North Block, they just released their February one. So this morning I got what's called the Smokin' Brunette. Ooh. And it is a smoked cherry oh latte. Oh my gosh, I bet that's delicious. Oh, it was so good. Awesome. So yeah, my, mine changes depending on what they're offering. Eh, that's all right. I normally am black coffee. Uh-huh, okay. But I do like hometown, but it's really sweet. Is there hot chocolate supreme? Oh, I've not had that. But I always get extra espresso. Oh, mercy. No matter what I get. Just no, add extra. <laughs> Even water, you're getting espresso. <laughs> <laughs> More. And the lady, bless her heart, at hometown always says, like, that means three more shots or whatever it is. And she's like, you want that? And I'm like, yeah, I want. <laughs> Just keep them coming. Yeah, and then it's a joke because, like, this morning in the North Block, I said, can I get the smoking brunette but, like, only with half the espresso? And then when I ordered her, she's like, can I get an extra shot of espresso? <laughs> so then the poor guy at the window was looking at me like, what do you want? <laughs> do you want more espresso or do you not want more espresso? <laughs> All right, so tell us something interesting about yourself that maybe most people wouldn't know. Probably have to say, I don't know if, how interesting you'll find it, but I'm actually, two things, I'm related to Mark Twain through my mom's oh, side of the family. that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, related to Mark Twain, <laughs> and then I worked for the Reds in college at Ball State University. Yeah. I was an intern with Cincinnati Reds. I was the first ever scouting intern in the, in the front office. Back in 95 and 96, I started in the July, July of 96 is when I started, and then it ran through April of 90, or July of 95, I'm sorry, ran through April of 96. That's, That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. And it, it was, cool it was a lot of fun. So what'd you do, like, for the I, Reds? Absolutely. I, uh, during the summer, I ran, I drove down there three days a week in my 1982 Cutlass Supreme, nice. <laughs> you know, <laughs> tearing up the road, and um, I would... Uh, I was always the second one to the office because it was my dream job. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to be a broadcaster for the Reds. That was my goal. Okay, that was my okay. aspiration. A lot of kids growing up idolizing Michael Jordan or, mm-hmm. you know, Johnny Bench mm-hmm. or whoever. And that mine was Marty Brenneman, <laughs> the, the <laughs> voice of the Reds. And um, I had a lot of people tell me, oh, that had never happened. That never happened. Well, through a professor at Ball State who was part owner at that time of the Indianapolis Indians, I worked up the gumption to approach him and say, this is what I want to do. Do you have any suggestions? And I was at the library because I spent a lot of time at the library because I was a commuter student. Mm -hmm. And he no more than walked down the spiral staircase that he walked back up and he goes, I tell you what, I want you to go see, and he mentioned John Reno, the athletic director of Ball State. He goes, tell him I sent you, tell him what you told me, and we'll get you 
get you moving. And they got me hooked up with an interview with the Indianapolis Indians, who at that time was a AAA affiliate of the Reds. Okay. Now okay. it's Louisville is their AAA affiliate, but at that time it was Indianapolis. And then they, they interviewed me, and then they set me up with an interview down in Cincinnati at the front office. And so I uh, got the job. I was down there three days a week when I was out of class and um, would get there, like I said, second thing, second person in the morning, only next to the general manager, Jim Bowden. And I would take all these scouting reports that come in from the nation. I mean, they'd come from high school players or, or about high school players or about college players or about minor leaguers or major leaguers. They're scouting reports from these scouts all across the country. And I just simply put them into the computer. That's all I did. I was, oh, a okay. data, I was data entry. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> it really sounded like a cool job, but it was pretty simple. But the cool thing was it, it gave me a chance to work in the front office and get to know some folks in there. And I actually approached the general manager one morning and, and Jim Bowden at that time, and I told him what I wanted to do because we were the only two in the office at the very beginning yeah. of the day. And he goes, uh, he goes, well, I tell you what, he goes, we'll set you up in an empty booth, and you can record the game into that time a, a cassette tape, which kids nowadays <laughs> don't know what that is. <laughs> <No>. but, <laughs> and and then we'll send that. We'll make copies. We'll send it across the country, and and you know, you we'll get you land somewhere. It'd probably be like a rookie league or single A affiliate, you know, and you'll probably be yeah. cleaning bathrooms on the side, you know, and right. stuff like that, that, you know, to make ends meet. But I go, that's fine. I was whatever it takes. And so they knew what my intentions were. So one night, ESPN, when they come into town, they like to basically hire local, you know, available bodies for next to nothing to help with some of the uh, additional jobs, if you will, that they don't hire people for necessarily. Like in this case, they needed someone to keep track of the bullpen who was warming up in the bullpen and keep track of balls and strikes, the pitch count. And this was back before the digital age. Yeah. And so they, I, I was sitting up there and doing that, and I had a headset on, and I was able to communicate with the guys in the truck underneath the stadium, who in turn would relay the information to the announcers who was sitting six feet in front of me. <laughs> so <laughs> so the, the communication traveled quite a ways. Um, but, you know, for, for no further than it really needed to go. But between innings, and this is, mind you, this, this specific event I'm telling you about happened in early April of 96. Now, keep in mind, I told you that's when it, my internship ended. I'm sitting there between innings, and I'm hearing the guys in the truck underneath the stadium talk about their weekends. Because when between innings, you know, it's just free, this dead air time. Right. And they're talking about how they haven't been at home for three weeks, and then they're going to get to go. They're talking about their schedule, basically. And they're going to go home for, you know, like a weekend or maybe eight days, and then they're back on the road for another month. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm getting a glimpse into what my life's going to be. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, what do you really want to do? Is this really what you want to do? And so it, I had like an aha moment. But the bad thing was I also had a, oh, my dear Lord moment. <laughs> 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 I'm going to graduate college. I'm graduating from Ball State University in less than a month. And all of a sudden, I have no idea what I'm going to do. Yeah. I, I'm starting from scratch. And I drive home and, and being the amazing mom that I, or having the amazing mom that I do, she's always waiting up for me and make sure I get home safely. And it's like 2, 2.30 in the morning. You know, I'm coming back from the, the game and from the stadium. And I told her, and she goes, well, she goes, it's better to know now than later. And, mm -hmm. and she was just so wonderful. And, and so and I have a wonderful dad, too, but he was sound asleep. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I had to – that's where my whole life did a complete shift. Hmm. 
And I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you as mayor of Union City if I'd gone down that path, nor would I have the wife I have now, nor the kids I have. I mean, my whole life changed in mm. that one night. So anyway, sorry, yes, one simple question. No, <laughs> no that was good. That's good. Yeah. No, that's good. I think that's inspiring because you have to be willing to pivot when you need to pivot. Oh, big yeah. time. Big time. So tell us, you talk about, you know, wouldn't have been the same being the Union City mayor. So what does a typical day look like for the Union City mayor? Oh, wow. Um, it starts between 5 and 5.30 in the morning is when I get into <laughs> the office. Early. And yes, yeah. And sometimes earlier than that. Um, it depends on how much I got on my mind and on my plate. And uh, I, I spend an hour and a half to two hours at the office in the morning uh, going through email, uh, setting the agenda for the day, looking at the next week's agenda, following up on uh, previous day's commitments or meetings, and uh, and making sure everything revolves around the core objectives that we have on our plate, which are you know, the, the main projects in town. And, um, and then I hit the road for my other job, and I'm in the field for my sales job, which can span anywhere from Union City to Kokomo, Wabash, Decatur, you know, oh, wow. Huntington. You yeah, so I broad I've, area. I do. I've got a lot of ground to cover. And then I'm back in town anywhere between 3.30 and 4.30 is usually when I get back into town. So because um, we're required to be out in the field seven and a half hours uh, in the sales field, which I, I'm out there more than that, but that's only because I have to allow for the travel there and back. Mm -hmm. Sure. And, um, and, and then I'm in the office for another hour and a half, two hours, uh, and then get home. A lot of times I'll get home. I mean, it can be as early as five. A lot of times it's five thirty-six. Sometimes six thirty. And then, but it doesn't stop there because then I'll eat. And then there's, you know, I'm on my computer or my phone in the evening, you know, following up on stuff. Um, because it's amazing. The more things you and I know you guys have seen this with your own lives. The more things you get involved with, the more your network grows of people uh -huh, right. and calls and messages. You name it, it all mm -hmm. grows. And so it's like it becomes a, a law of exponentiality. It just it just keeps multiplying, you yep. know. And and so. Uh, but it, it's been great, you know, and, and um, by the grace of God, keeping my priorities, you know, with him first and then my wife and then my kids and then everything else. Mm -hmm. And so I try like gangbusters to stick to that. Not always easy. Yeah. Doesn't always happen. And I know when I failed at it, unfortunately. Uh, but that helps me keep some of my sanity. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm like that too. Cause I, I sometimes want to overcommit myself because I get really excited. And I'm like, <laughs> I have all this time I can do this. And then you realize you have a bunch of other stuff you got to do as yep. well. So that's my role in life because God's first Amen. and then my family and then work. That's because awesome. if, if I notice if I start slipping in one of those areas and everything else kind of crumbles too, and yep. it just becomes, I become stressed and I become grumpy. So yeah, you got to set your eyes on those goals. If in order to manage everything. It's it's Absolutely. a challenge, but I think at the end of the day, you could probably say it's worth it. It is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. There's seasons, too, is what yeah. I've kind of found. Yes. You know, there's a there season are. sometimes yep. when work does kind of consume more of your time and yeah. then, you know, vacations and then you have those kind of things. You just got to find that balance of seasons. And I think you got to so. pay attention to the seasons, too, because sometimes you need a season to rest. Right. And yeah. sometimes, you know, you, you just have to keep pushing and going forward, but you can only push and push and push so much. And so, like you said, you got to have that vacation. you mm -hmm. got to have that yeah. relaxation time. Because I, I can tell in my own self when it's time for me that I've poured too much out of my own cup and yep. I'm empty yep. mm -hmm. and I have to recharge. That's important. I'm, I, don't, I don't know how you do it with everything, <laughs> being a mayor and other full-time job, too. So kudos to you because that's uh -huh. amazing. Uh, I appreciate that. So this is a question that I've been excited to ask. What do you wish everyone would understand about your job? Oh, mercy. Um, 
Well, I hope the answer is what you're excited to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, the fact that if you think about it, I equate it to like having several kids and it's time to take them out to eat. It's really hard to land on the one thing or one place that everybody is in unilateral agreement on going to. It's hard to make everybody happy. Yes, and and, and that's just it. It's, It's the one thing I would want them to know is that not everything is going to be decided in a manner or not everything is going to happen in a way necessarily that you might be especially fond of or that you agree with. But it's done with the intention to serve the greater good, mm-hmm. the, the greater majority. But believe you me, there'll be a time when something is done, hopefully, God willing, that really does strike your heart. It really does uh, bring you a lot of joy or comfort or thankfulness. Mm-hmm. And it may not be something that really appeals to someone else. Yeah, That is life. Um, and that's, that's what I have to remind myself a lot of times of because... We never, ever set out, and I know I don't personally for sure, set out to make a decision that I'm just going to really turn this person's life upside down. <laughs> I'm just really going to see, I'm going to see just how much I can just get her. I don't have skin. that much time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so we, we don't have that intention, but sometimes it may feel like that. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I would stress, and I've seen this obviously just observing other folks in and around, you know, not just our community, but in life in general, We've got to learn how to, at a higher level, agree to disagree and still love one another and respect one another and, and just know that, you know, we, we may not agree on this, but you know what? There, at the end of the day, there's a lot more things. If we really sit down and put our minds to it, there's a lot more that we're in agreement about than we are not. Yeah. yeah. There really are. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, I think when we come down to it, we, we love our country. Mm-hmm. We, want, we think we should be free. We think we should have the pursuit for happiness. We think we should be owed liberty. We think, you know, all these different things that are fundamental uh, that do apply to all of us and really create a common bond amongst us that we lose sight of mm-hmm. because we get too enamored with, oh, you're a part of that party. Oh, you root for that team. Oh, you want that project, you know. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, it creates this division, and it, 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 it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. I agree. That's something that I try to remember in my life is that, if I'm super emotional or attached to something, it's really hard to look at it from the bigger picture, especially if you're passionate about it. And yeah. I think sometimes people do have good intentions, but sometimes you're just a little too close to the situation. I've seen that happen in my own life. But And then it seems like sometimes when I take that step back and I say, well, what am I doing in this situation? Mm-hmm. Um, then I realize, oh, wow, maybe it wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was, or maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, but I was just looking at it from the wrong perspective. And, and, and that in itself is a good learning uh, opportunity, at least it has been for me, because it's, it's forced us to re-examine anything we're doing. Okay, how can we approach this, or how can we convey the, the, the project or the information? How can we promote this in a way that appeals to as many people as possible mm-hmm. and maybe addresses as many concerns mm-hmm. out of yeah. the gate as possible so we alleviate maybe, maybe those potential misperceptions down the road and because I I tell you what one thing is near and dear to my heart I don't ever want anybody to be to be hurt yeah and when I say that I don't mean physically I mean emotionally mm-hmm. or mentally I don't want anybody to think that they're not heard or they're not valued or they're not cared for yeah and that that has been one of the, the toughest struggles with me 
is dealing with that, mm -hmm. you know, because that's that's tough. Because you have hard. no idea where someone is mentally or emotionally right. when they have to receive news of something that's happened. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. true. Yeah. I think, like, you know, if you ever get a, a waitress at a restaurant that's really stressed out, yeah. and sometimes it's, it'd be easy to say, like, she's not doing her job or they don't deserve as big of a tip or whatever because now I'm mad. And I try to always look at those situations and think, I have no idea what the table before me did. I have no idea what's going on in the kitchen. Exactly. I don't know how many people called in. Yep. I mean, <laughs> she, she might be doing more than her fair share of work. So yep. I always try just to, my role is treat people with the way that I want to be treated and lead with kindness and Amen. respect. Yeah, Amen. for sure. What is your vision for Union City? How much time do you got? <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, in a nutshell, it's just to have this overwhelmingly vibrant, small community that when somebody travels into, they feel like, you know what, I feel like I could live here yeah. if mm -hmm. they don't live there. I feel like this this has a feel of home to it. That's that's my vision, um, which entails a lot. Yeah. You know, it entails our homes being in, in great condition. And when I say great condition, you know, people might be thinking, oh, he wants everything to be a Taj Mahal. No, no, no. My grandma lived in a house down Hickory Street. She had no money to her name. She was stubborn as the day is long. My dad, my, dad, my dad tried to help her so much, and she would refuse it. She was a child of the Depression, so she's like, yeah. you roll up your sleeves, you get it done yourself. You know, that's yeah. the kind of mentality she had. She had no dimes to her name, but her house was always immaculate on the outside. She never had, her grass was mowed, her weeds were trimmed, never had anything sitting in the yard. You know, it was always kept. Now, it was an older house, and it needed a paint job, but it, you, you wouldn't drive by the house thinking, oh, my gosh, that thing's an eyesore. You know, it wasn't, right. it wasn't like that. And so, you know, that pride that we have, you know, in terms of our, our properties, that, mm -hmm. that's a big yeah. thing. Our downtown, you know, how vibrant is it? You know, are the buildings, do they, do they reveal the charm they were built to have? You know, in yeah. other words, have they been kept up or renovated or have they been let go, you know? Yeah. And are they filled? Are they filled mm -hmm. with intriguing businesses or, or you know, in, in interesting things to see, you know? And so... And then our obviously our, our workforce, you know, our jobs, you know, do, do they see industry there? Mm -hmm. Do they see industry that looks like it's alive and hopping and they see growth, you know? And, and all these things kind of play into what one kind of utilizes, traditionally anyway, in developing their, um, their opinion of a town they go into. You know, really, let's face it, when you travel, when you go into a town you've never mm -hmm. been into, how do you judge that town? You know, we're not supposed to judge, but you, you end up forming right. an opinion on mm -hmm. the place you yeah, go into. You like, do. oh, this is a cute neighborhood, or this mm -hmm. is a cute bill, you know, yeah. or, oh, this place is kind of, I don't know if I want to unlock my doors in this place. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know we, we've all been there and done that. Yeah, so, we have. Yeah. So we try to look at it through that lens, and, and, and my vision is just to have that in the highest degree possible to where, um, the, and, and certainly there's, there's I, I never want to settle. But at the same time, when I say that, I don't want anybody to think I'm not thankful, you know, yeah. because mm -hmm. you, you can fall in the trap of, oh, it's just never not good enough. Yeah. No, yeah. no, it's not that. How There's always ways that we can improve. Yeah. There's always ways I can be a better husband. There's always ways I can be a better dad. There's always ways, you know, so I want to be open to that. And the same way, I want us to be open to there's always a way, there's always, there are, excuse me, always ways that we can be a stronger community, that we can be a better community. And I want us to be open to that. But at the same time, be overwhelmingly thankful for everything we have, and, and more importantly, every one that we have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Just that community, small town 
feel. I mean, it's just different. It and is. you can feel it uh-huh. when you're yeah. downtown. Uh, Jackie's been going over there on Tuesdays. Yeah. We're going to have an office at Vision Corner. And then we went over there this past week when the high school students were painting windows. Oh, yeah. And that was, yeah. that was a really cool experience oh, just to witness. Awesome. It was very cold. I should have wore a coat because I was walking around. <laughs> I was freezing. <laughs> but, I mean, the students were so excited and the businesses were happy. And, it, I mean, it looks beautiful. And it just brought that little bit of extra charm that... I love downtown Union City. It's I appreciate beautiful. that so much. That's very kind. I appreciate you sharing, and and we we want more of that. We do. Yeah. And we're and we're capable. Right. Um. And that's another thing too. The kids you mentioned. Uh, that's been one of my goals. Is and that's part of what was Vision Corner's inception when it first started. Mm-hmm. That was the genesis of that. Is how do we bring the kids downtown? Because I want our kids to feel like they're a part of the community because they absolutely are. Yes. They are. They represent a, ver- a proverbial gold mine. When it comes to ideas and dreams and thoughts and abilities, I mean, it just the, the sky's the limit, and we're missing out if we don't have that as a part of our community's DNA. Yeah. Yes, I agree for sure. Well, and it was cool just seeing the students because I heard them complimenting each other's work. Oh, like we awesome. were at the taco place, and some oh, of yeah. the girls came mm-hmm. in. And there was a young man there working on his window, and like you're doing so good because he oh. was doing his by himself, and I I, I noticed that. Yeah. Because it was like they were cheering each other on because they were proud of what they were doing uh, in their in their I town. I love that. I mean, that's I mean, at end day, that's what it's worth. It. Love I mean, that. you yeah. want you want yep. them to be take pride in their town and where they live. And and if that was accomplished right there, that's a grand slam in my book. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It's and a win. It takes everybody. You know, it does. if it really if you're does. if you're walking around, you see trash on the ground. Just take that extra second to pick it up. Yes. Take yeah. pride in your yes. in your space and where you live. Absolutely. And have honor there. Absolutely. <laughs> So another interesting question is if you had 10 times the money in your budget than you do now, what would you spend it on? Do you know something I do not? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I I wish. I was like, is it Christmas coming early? I I wish. If I had millions of dollars to pass around, I would. (laughs) Oh, that would be so awesome. I read read that uh, question. I got to see, you know, in advance what that question might entail. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, if only. Yes, if, if only. <laughs> so because, many things. Oh, mercy. Because, um, you know, we, to answer it, I guess, quickly, we would just expedite the projects we're already working on mm-hmm. and bring those to fruition. But obviously, we're pursuing a lot of grant dollars to get that done. So we would have a substantial amount of money left over. We had 10 times our budget. So <laughs> I would absolutely go after like a housing facade program. We do a downtown facade program to help mm-hmm. renovate our structures. But mm-hmm. we're only able with our limited budget, we can only pour $40,000 into that facade matching program which we hope we help at least minimum of four because it's a $10,000 max. Okay. You know? So we hope we help at least a minimum of four uh, facade applications or applicants. Uh, but I would do that for the housing across the, mm-hmm. across the board. So folks want to you know, put on siding or paint or put on new roof, put in new windows. I'd have a facade matching grant program for every mm-hmm. citizen in the community. Whether you're, cool. you know, whether you're a landlord or, or homeowner, you know, they both because you're trying to help the community. Mm-hmm. Right. And and then I would also start a sidewalk program because sidewalks is one of those deals where I've heard people say, well, you know, we should have something to get the sidewalks replaced. Cities should be replaced sidewalks. But then on the other side of the coin, that's kind of what I referenced earlier. You've got people saying, Our, my tax dollars shouldn't be going to their sidewalks because I take care of my sidewalks, you know. <laughs> so there's, there's two completely different schools of thought on that. So that's why we've not started something because you've got two staunch sides, you know, yeah. on that issue. But if we had 
excess dollars to deal with where it didn't eat out of necessarily what you know we rely on right now then you know in other words if the sky was limit or you know mm -hmm. you'd have your cake and eat it too so to speak yep. we would start the sidewall program and get the sidewalks done hmm. so. those are two good ones yeah that was really good so if someone was looking to move to Union City and you only had one chance to encourage them to move, what would you tell them? Uh, come to Union City because if you remember being a kid and when you still had flights of fancy where you thought anything was possible and you felt safe and you, you, you felt like your imagination could run and, and, and dream and be among friends or family or loved ones, that's what we work every day to make Union City. We want it to be a place um, where you feel safe when you're out and about in the neighborhood, where you feel like you can um, be a part of something that's bigger than yourself, but yet not get lost in the shuffle of a huge metropolitan area or a big city. Mm -hmm. I like you that. Know? And, and so we, we want that, to, and that's the cool thing about a small town like Union City. You, Man, you, you can be just awesome. You can be phenomenal and do amazing things, but yet still have this small, quaint little community to call home where people accept you and, and love on you and, and rally around you when things are tough, you know, because I've seen that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we've had tragedy in, in town where it's, it's pulled people together mm -hmm. and they've rallied together. Yeah. And I've seen that, and it's humbling. And it's hard to go through at the time, but it's humbling to go through too because you realize how much people love one another. And, and that's a special thing in a small community that you don't always have. And so that is my heart for someone in trying to help encourage them to come live there. We're not perfect. And by any means, or we, <laughs> we are not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Exactly. You know, but there's beauty in that, too, because we have a recognition of that. Mm -hmm. You know, come, you know, accept our flaws and we'll accept yours and just uh, love each other and, 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 and work to have a better tomorrow for our kids and, and, and everyone else. And I mean, I know it's not everybody. Some people like the hustle and bustle of a big city. Oh, absolutely. But for me personally, we were down in um, downtown Indianapolis at a restaurant not that long ago. And I remember going down there and I felt so lost. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea where I'm at. I felt so small. Like the buildings are huge. Yeah. And like, there's so many people. And I told my husband, I said, I, I enjoy going here for date nights, but there's no way I can live here. <laughs> like I, I just, I know that I am a small town girl and I'm okay with that. Yep. I think sometimes there's a stigma around it, but there's there's a lot of opportunities in small towns and in Randolph County that I don't think we give ourselves enough credit exactly. for. I think, and I know this is, this is with everything, when when you're used to something every single day, you start to take it for granted. Oh, yes. yeah. And sometimes it's really easy to focus on the negative. Because yep. what they say, like it takes so many positive comments to drown out just one negative Yes. Yeah. Common or thought. And I think that's easy to do. So I challenge people to start focusing on the positives and to find the good things about your community and find the things that make it what it is. Because I guarantee you, like, if you move, there'd be something you would miss. Oh, yes. And, and you know what? That's a good rule of thumb to live by because it's the same thing with the people in our lives. We yeah. take for granted oh, we do. those yeah. around us, that not only the things around us, but also the people around us. And it's like, when we lose someone, it's like it, it, it refocuses us, and we realize what it, how much they meant in our life. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and so yeah, I no, I love hearing that, Lynette. 
they? Well, I think back to the first time I ever went to Florida, and I was amazed by the ocean, right? Uh-huh. And like I, I want to look at it every day, all the time. <laughs> and we went to a, a restaurant, and the waitress was super kind, just talking to us about where we're from. I was like, "You must love living here and going to the ocean every day." And she's like, "Honestly, I haven't been to the ocean in months." Yes. And it's like amazing? right down the road. <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" And she's like, "Yeah, it's really hot here, and you know, it's super touristy and stuff." And, and that, I mean, that just shows you that. You yep. can take anything for granted. I yeah. mean, in my mind, I could never take the ocean for granted. I only get to see it like once a year. But if it's there <laughs> all the time, you probably just forget about it. It's yeah. every you, day you, to you. You'll miss cornfields and bean fields. Yes, I'd be like, I've not seen a cornfield in years. <laughs> so it's just, you just got to be thankful for what's around Amen. you. And stop stop and take a minute to notice what is around you. Amen. Get off yeah. your phone. Get offline and be active in your community. I, I absolutely agree. And, uh, you know, when I interned with the Reds, I was going down to Cincinnati. I, I got um, exposed to what that life could be like pretty quick, you know, in my life. And, and the traffic, you know, being stuck mm-hmm. on oh, 75, yeah. you know, yeah. getting thinking I'm making good time until I come around a curve on 75 right outside <laughs> Cincinnati. And <laughs> I sit Stop. for an hour. Yeah. yeah. And and I'm thinking to myself, how could people do this day in, day out? And, and a lot of people, they don't think anything about it. You know, it's just mm-hmm. that it, it is what it is. I knew myself I couldn't handle that, and I've thought about that since. I've had moments to reflect on that since then because there's been times where I just like, I just need to go for a little drive, and I love the fact that within mere seconds, because I live not too far from the edge of town, but of course I'm in a small town, so anywhere is not too far from the edge right. of town, <laughs> and uh, I can within seconds, I can be out and looking at like a rolling bean field mm-hmm. or a rolling wheat field, you know, when it starts just starts to turn gold or, you know, a cornfield that's just starting to come up, and, the, and then when the wind whips it, you see the different shades of green, you know, like shimmer across mm-hmm. the field. And it's just beautiful. And it's just, there's a peace and a, a, a relaxing factor to it that, you know, allows you to have an escape, if yeah, you will. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And, and I couldn't do that if I lived in the heart of a city. It would take me, you know, 35, <laughs> 40 minutes to get, get out of the city. And, and so there's, yeah, there, like you said, there's always ins and outs. There's always yeah. pluses and, and minuses. But if we can take better stock of what we have to be thankful for, I think we'll we'll start having a much better outlook on our own lives, and and everyone and everything around us. Yeah, yeah. and you got to plan ahead for traffic too, because I've yeah. been to conferences <laughs> in big cities and I made the mistake. GPS says it's two miles away. That'll take you know, <laughs> two minutes. No, it takes like twenty because yep. yes. <laughs> of the traffic. Forty-eight stoplights. It was just <laughs> right around the block. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> See, I need 10 times my personal budget so I could have a place everywhere, on the beach, oh, there you go. in the yes. small town, yep. in the big city. Oh, the That's, mountains. I, love I appreciate all of it. Yep. Yeah, there you go. There's something unique about everywhere you go. Absolutely. So our next section here, you've not seen these questions. So it's tradition on here. We do rapid fire. So there's five questions. Um, just answer whatever comes to mind. Oh um, whatever you think of first. <laughs> so the first question <laughs> is, <gonna> good. <laughs> what book do you think that every leader should read? Honestly, the Bible. You talk about someone who had the most profound impact on anybody. You know, a leader, that's what they're seeking to do, is it not? Is yeah, to yeah. have impact on others. Yep. That's the most impactful individual that's been in the face, you know, in, in the yep. form of Christ. That's the most impactful individual numerically. I'm, and, and this regardless of your faith. Whether you believe he's the son of God or not, historically, you can't defy the, the numbers, or you can't deny the numbers, I should say, of the impact he had. Yeah. I mean, good grief, mm-hmm. the calendar itself changed mm-hmm. on him, Yeah, you know, B.C. to A.D. And so 
the most impactful leader. So at bare minimum, even if you don't always agree with him, uh, at least learn what he's all about because he had better numbers than any other leader I know of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and not even him can make everybody happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, amen. Amen. It did, it, you know, on, yeah, great point. Because on earth it did not end well for right. him. No. You know, it, it ended well for us because of him. Yeah. But it, yeah, you're exactly right. So what is an accomplishment that you were most proud of? My kids. Hmm. That, was, that, was um, good. I, that was a fast I, answer. I didn't. Yeah, I, I I remember like it was yesterday. First time I held both of them, and it's like, hmm. what is this salty discharge coming out <laughs> <laughs> uncontrollably? I mean, I sobbed when I held both my kids because I just it's a feeling I I just can't explain. Yeah, and yeah. and I try to tell them that too. You know, anytime well, we've been blessed to have certain things happen, like I got invited to the governor's office here recently. You know, and they extend a personal invite, and which was an honor. You know, for what we've been able to accomplish in Union City and. But anytime I get a chance with my with my kids, when you know it's that one on one time, I was like, you know, you got to remember, you're always my greatest accomplishment. Hmm. It doesn't matter what I do in life. It's awesome. You yeah. always be the very best part, you know, of, of your mom and I's lives. Yeah, yeah. So. I remember that feeling like when you do hold them. It's so instant, yes. like how much you love them, which yes. is so different yes. from any other relationship. It is because you do have to build that trust, right? You get to yep. know them, and it's just like, yeah. It, it's it's. Staggering, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's just all nothing inspiring. like it. it there yeah. isn't. And I, I never understood. Like my sister had kids. I can say this about her. She turned and she cries about everything. <laughs> and um, she was like, "It's something about after I had Lincoln. I just am emotional. Oh. Like we watch like kids movies, like The Good Dinosaur, and she's weeping. And I'm like, Are you doing okay? <laughs> and um, now that I have kids, I do the same thing. Yep, you get <laughs> it's it like, now. Yeah. There's things that they'll do, and they'll, it just like makes me cry because I just love them so much. Absolutely. Like I'm so proud. Like I just I never yeah. want to leave them. Yep. And sometimes you're like, I don't like they're tightening my oldest first day of kindergarten. I cried, and I thought I'm not gonna cry. It's kindergarten. And I'm with the other moms, and we're crying. And he's like, "Why are you crying?" I'm like, "It's fine." You're, he's like, "He thought I did something wrong." I'm like, "No, I'm really proud of you." <laughs> it's just hard. You understand. It's just that just that love is different. It yeah. is it absolutely. Is. Um, so, what is one statement that you would say to your 12 year old self? Oh mercy me! <laughs> oh gosh, uh, Apple stock. No, <laughs> <laughs> Apple stock. <laughs> um. Be careful what you wish for because it really can come true if you want it to. Hmm. You know, That's because, good. Um, it is good. I like that. Yeah, and, and good and bad. You yeah, know. it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. It is. It really is. Because, um, again, I thought I always wanted to, to be a part of the Reds. I wanted to, you know, get into that. And, and once I was I was very blessed to, to get a glimpse, mm-hmm. you know, of what that could be. And then I was like, ugh. That's that's not that's not what I was wishing for. That's not what I want. Yeah, so, but it's also a reminder. Really, all things are are possible. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, that's deeply rooted from my faith. Obviously, I mean, it's Matthew uh, nineteen twenty six. I think it was mm-hmm. the verse. Um, but it, it really is true. We and and yeah. that's you know going back earlier when you said you know what's one of the things you would like. The, or I can't remember the vision for the community or what you like people to know. Um, another thing I definitely would want each person to have impressed upon their hearts and minds is that they are worthy and they are capable, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, I might, I, I am absolutely dumbstruck when I start to think about what truly is possible. If every single individual in a community woke up the next morning 
and realized and really embraced that not only are they worthy of, mm -hmm. of love, you know, and, and compassion, but they are capable, more than capable of accomplishment, of, of you know, being able to go out and accomplish True. something great. Yeah. You know, because unfortunately we get told the lies, whether it be from classmates or God forbid family members or, you know, all you YouTubers or online, online people yeah. or yeah. ourselves, you know, just the, the litany of folks that are out there that will tell a lie to someone. And it's not like they're trying to tell a lie necessarily. Like they'll just say something, but it could land on a person so personally, you know, and, and strike a negative chord in them that doesn't leave them. Yeah. And it makes them feel less than, mm -hmm. you know, and that's sad because it's not true. It's not accurate. It's not accurate at all. Yeah, you know, and and so I I would I just I would love for every individual to know that deep in their core, because I mean you really want to see a community thrive. Holy smokes! It doesn't come down to, you know, the the people you know operating the community or anything. That it comes down to each and every individual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Later, when I'm hungry, sugar cream pie really sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be so, your next question. So <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to spoil that. But, um, Honestly, I've got to say it's Harder Park um, mm -hmm. in Union City because I, like a crazy person, I go out and spend a few hundred hours every year, you know, stringing lights at the park. Christmas oh, lights, yeah. Yeah, yes. for community Christmas. But I think what gets me through is not, is not just the, the, you know, the, the fact of lighting it up in December and seeing the kids come through and all that stuff and it, the magic it creates. But it's the times when I'm out there in the Septembers, in the Octobers, in the Novembers, when maybe I've had a tough day and I'm up in a bucket, in a tree, <laughs> you know, <laughs> 20 feet where no one's around me. <laughs> and it's quiet mm -hmm. and the leaves are kind of rustling a little bit, you know, on the limbs and the sun's still peeking through and maybe starting to set, you know, and it's creating this just gorgeous landscape in the distance. And there's just this peacefulness. You know that kind of comes over me, and it's it's helped me immensely. You know, it's a piece that only God can provide, certainly. But um, it it's it, it it's really it's something it's hard to explain until you experience it. But it, it definitely makes it a getaway or an escape for me, yeah, and yeah. it definitely makes it hold a special spot for me in terms of Randolph County. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of great places in Randolph County, but that when that would have to be one I think that stands out to me. Yeah, it's a good one. So you already kind of foreshadowed this one, uh -oh. but we always <laughs> highlight Wix pies um, being the state pie, and they're huge in our community. So if you could only eat one Wix pie for the rest of your life, oh, which well, flavor really would you choose? That, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's you know, and it comes back. It really is sugar cream pie, and I've complimented Mike before on that. Uh, it's been some time since I've dropped the last compliment on him, but I always try to remind <laughs> him. Shout out and, to uh, Mike Wickersham. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because um, I that goes. It reminds me of part of childhood. Mm -hmm. oh, and okay. so a lot, I think a lot of the things we're really attached to have a lot of times a childhood connection, you know, and, and, uh, and I can remember mom fixing me a piece of sugar cream pie and, you know, put it on the saucer and warm the microwave just enough where it kind of like falls over the edge of itself, you know, <laughs> where the top starts to kind of, you know, get a little, I don't know what they call that, gelatinous or what, I don't know what that <laughs> word is, but, you know, it just kind of hangs over the edge and it's, oh, it's just divine. It's just heaven. See, I like my sugar cream pie like really cold. Oh, no. okay. Like yeah. I want it out of the fruit, like yep. refrigerator. And I've had it that way mine. too. I, I'm really, if you put any kind in front of me, I'm good. You know, <laughs> it, it could be any temperature you want it to be. Now, I do have to caution 
it reaches some lava-like level. <laughs> and it stays hot. that way for yeah, a while. <laughs> if you put it in the microwave too long, because I, I, I think I had some PTSD with my, the roof of my mouth. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I do have to touch it with my finger a lot of times before it's I It's all the sugar the in there. Yeah. yeah. So That's Mike funny. says that you should get the sugar cream pie plus a pair, a, a, a piece of the cherry berry pie, and you put the cherry berry filling on top of the sugar cream. Yeah, you pie. eat them together. Oh, mercy, really? Now that's, that's what he suggests. I'll have to try that. Well, of course he suggested that. That's too, that's too <laughs> that's what you're buying. Exactly. Yeah. It does right. sound good, Wait, though. But the only thing that tops that is a third piece of pie on top of that. <laughs> With the strawberry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be good if they had sugar cream pie with the fresh strawberries on top. Oh. Mike, you might want to work on that. <laughs> yeah, you might be starting something. <laughs> Well, we appreciate you coming on the show today, and we appreciate everything you said, and we look forward to the future of Union City and watching you and the leadership team grow. Welcome to the Small Town View podcast, hosted by Lynette Clark and Jackie Welch, where community is strength and unity is power. We are Randolph County United.